Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, also FamilyPetAncestry.com. I bought it, because don't you want to know if your cat came over on the Mayflower? You do. You do. That's a new joke I've written, and I've written it. I've committed to it so much, I've bought FamilyPetAncestry.com, which points towards my own website. You're listening to The Dork Forest, which is a all-things-comedy podcast. It's on that podcast network with uh, the likes of Aaron um, Foley and Baron Vaughn and Bill Burr and Al Madrigal and Tom Papa and a thousand other great uh, podcasts that you can listen to. It is October 21st, and today's show is fantastic. The credits, of course. Mike Rickberg composed and sang with his girlfriend, Sarah Cohen, uh, the intro song. He'll sing again at the end. Patrick Brady fixes this audio. God love him. God love him. He also does the teaser videos, which are um, clips of each of the shows. If you just want to see a clip, it's on YouTube.com slash The Dork Forest. And Vilmosh is the guy who fixes my website. The ad this month is with Vilmosh. So you will be enjoying that in a moment. Um if you would like to donate to the Dork Forest, it's October. You should do it because in November and December, I ask that you not donate to the Dork Forest, but you find a food bank in your local neighborhood and donate to them. But you could donate to me this month in October. I'm looking for a hundred bucks a year from each and every one of you. Super fans. I send you a note. Is that something? Is that a, is a, if you are enjoying the show and you have a hundred dollars a year to give out, you could do ten bucks a month or eight thirty three if you want to go through November and December. I haven't made that easy for you. You got to do it yourself. Um, there's a wonderful man in Nottingham, UK who's doing it each and every month. He's sending me eight dollars and thirty three cents. And I do appreciate that. Stephen, thank you. Other than that, um, if you want to buy merch, you can buy merch. Hats, t-shirts, hooded sweats. Actually, not true. All there are are t-shirts and zip hoodies. And the zip hoodies I just ordered, I did order a couple of extras. But if you go to JackieCation.com, the store, you can get my new CD, DVD. This will make an excellent horcrux. You can get my old CDs. You can get a Ranger of the Dork Forest or a Dork Forest t-shirt designed by Brett Chambers. The Ranger shirt designed by my nephew, Salmon Bemol Benrude. Very good stuff. This week in stand-up comedy, I'm in Los Angeles. Very exciting. I'm doing El Cid and the Akbar on Tuesday, the 21st. I'm doing the El Ray. I'm doing a benefit for the LAPD uh, cadet program. And uh, that's at the El Ray with uh, Bill Devlin. That's on Thursday, the 23rd. And then uh, I'm hanging out with a friend of mine over the weekend, so I'm not doing any sets. But the following week, I'm in San Francisco with Maria. And it's Halloween. So happy Halloween, everyone. Listen to the show because I think you're going to like it. It's Vilmos. If you've heard my name before, it's because I've been taking care of Jackie's website since 2010. I talk to people all the time that feel like they're being held hostage by their web guy. They didn't get the site they wanted. Then when they want to make a change, they have to wait forever. That's why my web design philosophy is a simple one. It's your site. You should get what you want. I will take your idea and turn it into the site you've always wanted. Then, if you need to make changes, they will be done promptly. 
Maybe you already have a site that you need to make changes or additions to. I can do that too. It doesn't matter who created your site, I can still work on it. So take the first step towards a positive website experience. Contact me, Vilmos, at HiredGunCoding.com. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room, and it's another dork forest. I'm sitting here with Kipley Brown. Hello, Kipley Brown. Hello. I know you as the talking head anchor lady on uh, uh, iOS's Top Story. Top Story Weekly, that's Top me. Story Weekly, that's yes. you. You do the, the crazy... I love... Uh, that is a great show. I enjoy that show a great deal. Uh, it's been such a gift. I, I mean, it's... it's, it's Regular the, stage time? That's I mean, super fun. I mean, and for people who haven't seen it or don't know about it, it's a um, yeah. a sketch show we do... A brand new show every week based on news and current events and pop culture. Yep. Um, My favorite, <laughs> Lil Hashtag. I've talked about Lil Hashtag yeah. on the show. Uh, Lil Hashtag is your, is your youth, um, uh, entertainment news yeah. correspondent who speaks only in hashtags and yeah. raps. That's, and yeah. <laughs> I love him too. That is a, it's a pretty great, uh, anyway, but, uh, I have not had him on the program, but you, Kipley Brown, at Kipley Brown on the Twitter. On the Kipley Twitter. with a K, K-I-P-L-E-I-G-H, and also Kipley.com. So you're an actress and a, and, a, and do sketch comedy and all these mm-hmm. things. And I said, what kind of dorkdom do you have? And you were like, I don't know. I don't know which one to talk about. You don't know which. So many. There are so many. And, uh, and then, and then you worried, you do, were just saying that you were worried about, uh, the difference between dork and nerd. There is no difference. We are in the safest of all spaces where you can call yourself a geek if you want. And do whatever you need yeah, to do. Yeah, I think I'm I've discovered def- that. I'm not defining things for people. What mm-hmm. I'm doing is I'm calling a show the dork force. Yeah. <laughs> so. You don't want to put labels on people. Dude, don't, you're not in a box. Yeah. All I'll say is that this cool. is the safest space in the world. You want to talk about your wig collection? We're going to do it. Why oh, you she just outed me. I outed uh, you. Here, and the thing is, is I love the lists that I get from people, and you buried the wig thing like six. Well, it's kind of weird, maybe, but you it's know, it's not weird. It's the greatest Top story. story. How Top Story Weekly's perfect cover. Oh, that is great because it's having for a work. wig fetish kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, because I have to play different characters every week, and we do costumes and props, even though it's a new show every week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We do the full-on production, you know. Yeah, and so, how many wigs do you own currently? What? I have lost count, but at, at over twenty estim- wigs. Yes, I'm in about the forties right now. Okay, that's a lot of wigs. It is a lot of wigs. Wigs are not cheap. I'm told. I do not get the super super expensive ones. I have maybe one or two um, made out of real hairs. I have a few of those. Okay, those um, are the super expensive ones, right? Because you got to get people to give up their hairs. Basically, yes. You have to scalp someone, or maybe that's not how they do <laughs> that's it. I always picture happy it that Columbus way, Day, <laughs> everyone. Let's <laughs> yeah. do this. I always like to imagine that it's actually their skin and just their. Oh um, no, I'm kidding. Jeffrey obviously. Dahmer, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Off the good start here. Serial killer. Yep. Wait. Yeah. Uh, so you have many wigs, but are they? So you have some wigs, like. How long does a wig last? Can a wig last for well, a long time? if you care for it properly, What it is the proper last. care of and, a wig? Um, <laughs> well, I, I think that one should only brush it with a wig brush. Oh, and, there's a wig brush? Of course there is. Yes. Why? How? What makes it different? Um, it's got really wide, it's got little needles and they're very wide, like far apart. They're so that apart. it doesn't yank okay. the hair out. It's sort of a very loose kind of brush without any gripping power. It just okay. kind of flows through. And I want to make sure that I specify 
Mama don't get those like cheap Halloween wigs and stuff. Oh, okay. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I don't get the like four hundred real wigs. Okay. Yeah. But anything I have has to be able to pass for. Oh, in, for actual in, hairs. In you my know, personal category, not because of Top Story Weekly, but my personal standards have to be met. Fair enough. You know, my mom, my my uh, my mom who died when I was little, as opposed to my stepmom who just died. Uh, but my dead Sorry. mom, a lot of dead moms. Uh, my father hard on women. Anyway, so but the. Uh, but my uh, my dead mom, she used to wear a wig, and she would put it on uh, a head next to her on her dresser, and she would have it set. Is this a thing? Have it set by the hairdresser? Mm-hmm. It is a thing. That sounds expensive, doesn't it? I don't have mine set. I buy them basically as a as as a hair. thing. It's not a hairstyle like that's a bun updo or anything that I buy a wig that looks like that. Oh, good. Um, you know, you can buy it. Uh, essentially, it's already done in the style to which you wish to wear. It's just, it's just hair. It's not really hair that's pinned in any way. So it's either a bob or long hair or really short hair or purple hair or right, white right. hair. Okay. So it's, it's essentially, it's just a normal hair. And then if you wanted it to be an updo, you'd have to get, get all into it and updo it. I'd have to, yeah, that's the tough part because unless you get the really fancy wigs, it's hard to style a, a, a mid-range wig because they look funny when you do that. It don't, they don't <laughs> love the fall in the right way. Yeah, it's, uh, so, but it's, it's interesting. So do you have, um, are they, are they mostly blonde wigs or are they mostly? Oh, what, what I have? have every color. I, my my initial attraction nice to them was auburn. the opposite of my own hair. So I wanted to like try out different hair. So blonde was like the last one I bought. Right, because you were blonde. Yeah. So you wanted to know what it would be like to have dark black hair. Yes. Was that one of the first? Yes, that was my Do dream hair. favorite? Oh, they might be hearing this. I don't want to insult any of them. I love you all, guys. I do. <laughs> I Each do. and every one of you, you rise to the occasion. Yeah. But um, one of my favorites is... Uh, a wig that I got to play a vampire. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> a so, long time ago, in, you know, for Halloween. Sure. Not play one like an actress would actually get paid to play, but you know, just by myself on yeah. Halloween. No. Um, yeah, and, and that it. one is human hair. And I did invest like a hundred dollars in it back in Chicago where I, I lived at the time. And that okay. was like a major because I was, you know, living on a shoestring and it was like, it was an investment. You oh, spent a yeah. hundred bucks on a wig. I did. Yeah, that's and a big deal. That's yeah. When I knew I had a problem. Right. Right. And so, but it's a, and it's a beautiful wig. Can people's on your website? Are there pictures of you in these wigs? Uh, to no, some extent, no. no. You got to go to Top Story and see you yeah, break out well, a wig. I have some sketches on my website, and you can see me in a wig there. Um, yeah, Do you and they just have names around? too. I named you them name the to, wigs to, to oh. know the difference. Like you know, rather like I'm like, oh, I need to get the. Because I bring them to, I'm also the props master for Top Story Weekly. So Excellent. our garage is basically a costume shop. Excellent. Um, Super and, fun. Uh, so like that wig I was talking about, that's Monica. Okay. And that's just a way of identifying them to myself. Right. Based on, like, so I'm like, oh, when I need to bring this wig, the brown one that has the curls, and rather than having to write myself a description, I'm like, oh, yeah, it just just bring Meg. Just bring Meg. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Are they based on people that you've seen who have hairs like that? Or do you just go, I'm going to name this like I'd name a doll? Um, some of them are. I do have a Meg wig. My best friend's name is Meg and it looks like her, her hair. Oh, there you go. Um, but <laughs> See, I also like perfect. some of them are named after impressions I do when, and it's the wig I wear for that, like Michelle Bachman. So I have a Michelle wig. That's okay. my Michelle Bachman wig. Excellent. And it's really funny because I, since our garage is a costume shop yeah. and on Sundays we have rehearsal for Top Story and then we have a break Yep. and then we come back and do the show. And during that break, I, I go home and collect all the props and costumes that people need, including my own. Yep. And um, lately it's been so hot that I've opened the garage because it's just too darn hot. Right. 
And of course, Sunday afternoon, all the neighbors are walking by and this and that. And I have a mirror out there and I have to like try on something to see if it's going to look right. (laughs) And the other day, it just heard me like someone walked by the garage and I was dressed as Mary Poppins. And it was like, oh, hey, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? And And luckily you live here uh, in the Los Angeles area and people are like, oh, weirdo. Actor, typical. Or I'm dressed as like a Egyptian princess or sure a security guard and and sometimes someone will be walking their dog and they'll walk past and i'll be a security guard you know and i'll be like oh hey and then they'll walk back like they're returning from that walk and i'm something else right (laughs) and there's like you know you see in the garage there's all these heads with wigs on them and weird and and props like skulls and stuff i don't know what my thing i don't know what my neighbors think about it's gotta be super fun to collect all the props though andy enjoys uh we have many items we have many items around the house that because he does larping which, what? which is live action role play. It's essentially, uh, as an actress, you do it as a job. Uh, Andy Ashcraft gets together with like-minded individuals and they play army. They play whatever they want to play. <laughs> they, he, he, he does a, there's a, a Hydra. There's a Hydra LARP that he does, which is a space LARP where, uh, he, and he writes them and he, um, and then people go on adventures and everybody gets to dress up in their, in their spaceship costumes. Can anyone do it? Anyone can do I it. I want to do it. Uh, he wants you to do it. And, uh, I have lots of silver clothes and alien clothes. I oh, you are on board, my friend. Uh, because you will like, you will like, uh, is it, dang it, I, it's like spaceship Hydra or something. It's Chris Brown, his same last name. Chris Brown. Chris Brown Not is my Chris father's Brown. name. So is also, and my also, dad is a LARPer. I had no idea. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I'll, I'll look at the Hydra thing. I'll, I'll find the information for everyone, for all rangers out there. If you're in the Los Angeles area, uh, it's Christian Brown. That's what it is. I knew it wasn't Chris Brown because I think he's also a singer and hits people. Yes, does he, he does. He okay, does. That's someone um, else. Christian Brown is, uh, is a perfectly nice man. And, uh, he runs, uh, essentially it's for 20 bucks. You get to, and I think there's pizza. Well, so, then uh, that's it. You just, right. you just, you get to play a game. Totally. Yeah. You get to play a game and, and dress up as, as a fun thing. And there's pizza. I so, have a metropolis. Robot. You have 20 bucks. It'll all work Outfit. out. Yeah. Oh, that'll I'm be waiting fine. to break out. Metropolis Never needed robot. It. What's a metropolis robot? You know, the movie from the twenties, the yeah. first, one of the first silent films that was like a big science yeah, yeah. fiction. Um, you know, Did when you the, love when, Oh gosh, yeah. Have you seen it many times? Oh my god, yeah. And oh right, of course, because um. So do, in, do, now, you also said that you collect colored lights. Are they in your prop area, or are they somewhere? No, else? those are all over the house. Okay, so they're just like lamps and stuff, where you're like, well, well I'm gonna have a, uh, I'm gonna have a differently colored light in this light. Lamp. I'm, I'm, it all started, well, I, I'm very affected by my environment and if it's not a pretty environment or not like a mood or something, I like to set the mood for just yeah. hanging out with myself. Um, that <laughs> sounded that. really weird. That's uh, perfect. Yep. Yep. Hanging out with myself. And like sometimes fluorescent bulbs or light are just too glaring. So I bought this like halogen light that you can change the color. And then I got a bunch of those and then I, got these glowing orbs that you just, you know, turn them on and they change different colors. They're LED changing orbs. Oh, so wow. I have glowing orbs and cubes. And then I have finger flashlights in every color. And Oh, that's super fun. And you put them on your fingers and you can kind of look like a weird robot thing. And I, uh, should I mention who you're married to? <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you can tell them. I'm, I'm married to a, an amazingly patient man named Emo Phillips. He's a comedian. <laughs> Uh, Which, as soon as you said, I like to put the flashlights on my fingers and uh, and wander around, pretend I'm a robot. I was like, oh, Emo's cool with that. He is cool with that. <laughs> he loves it. And, you know, I, it, it, there's really, 
no Super one else supportive. on earth, I think, that, that, that would that accept been... me the way. Because I'm weird. I, at home, I'm just weird and right. weird. And I, I try to control it in public, but I have, like, impulse right. control issues. Sometimes I say things I shouldn't say. I, uh... Oh, I just had that. I just had that today. There was a, I was in line at the bank, and I didn't think I'd get back in time to do this recording. And so there was a, you know, how they go through the line sometimes, and they're like, hey, are you just depositing? Do you need any money back? If you're just depositing, I could take you. And the woman right in front of me said, I'm just depositing. But she was also on the phone. <laughs> and she had been on the phone, and so she walks away, and I said, I'm just depositing, and I'm not on the phone. I said that out loud. I'm glad you did. Because- in public, and the woman looked at me, and then she said, please. Good for you, because and, people- and kind of good for her, right? That she kind of admit- admitted yeah. that she was being a douchebag. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people on the phone, I don't, I don't, and they, some of them talk really loud. Not in a retail situation. I put the phone down in a retail situation, because that person's earning eight bucks an hour. Let's have a moment. Yeah. Why don't we not do it connect. wrong? And at the, yeah, exactly. Look them in the eye. Try that once. Just once the, or twice. Just try the, it. The tiniest of connections. And for the love of Christ, they're at work. Uh, you yeah. Know, let, and and give really, them are you minute. that important that you can't uh, stop like, talking to the person? I'll have, a, I'll have a extra hot, extra hot latte. No, screw you. Screw, it, just it's really put it rude. down for a second. It's it feels, really. It just feels rude. So yes, I'm. And Brian Regan just did. We just did a whole thing about lines. We never did get into this. I heard some thing. of that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. The. Uh, that was a pretty good one. It was. It's, uh, Forked uh, lines at the end. It's, uh, what I love about, so we've, we've talked a little bit. I want to get to the ones you'd sort of, cause you were like, this is a journey. This was a journey, you said, of discovery, uh, to discover your own, uh, <laughs> my own dorkdom. Cause yeah, I was like, dorkdoms. I'm a nerd. I know I'm a nerd, but see, dork, I guess the distinction is a nerd generally has to do with com- like technology and science fiction, mm-hmm. but a dork, I think, can be just enthusiasm as far about as, any subject yeah. enthusiasm to the point of of being you just know, a dork as, about it. Yeah, just being a dork about it. And it's nice. I was, I'm going to have Suli McCullough on, who's a stand-up comic who loves sneakers. Gentleman uh, enjoys the uh, the tennis shoe. And, and I was like, they collect them like hundreds, them. hundreds of pairs of tennis shoes. And uh, was early for a show. Went over to the um, whatever tennis shoe store over at the Beverly Center, and uh, and and looked at tennis shoes for an hour. A man with a shoe fetish. I like it. It is nice, and it's specifically a tennis shoe. shoe. I, I mean, and Andy has a has a shoe fetish. He only wears red dress shoes, and uh, I don't know why, but uh, they're they're nice. They're very nice dress shoes. But, I love uh, it. I love it. See, I love. Oh, I just threw something at my host. Um, <laughs> You're good. Threw the cap of a pen that I borrowed. From so her. what I like is that Emo said, what about that music you sleep to? And so I, you played me a little of it, and it just feels like white noise. But it's well, more than that, if right? If you heard the full uh, spectrum of it, and, 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 and in the context of this, is, is Emo is a strange man. Come on. Yeah. Shocked. I know. I think we're, I know. All, we're all shocked. And, and uh, so for him to think something I do is weird. <laughs> Right, take grain of salt. Grain of right, salt. Right, sure. and I'm like, I'm not a dork or any. I don't have like. Is there anything about me that I should like? Then he's like, Well, why do you play the music you fall asleep to? That's a little odd. Right, because it's not only the music you fall asleep to; it's also the music he falls asleep no, to. No, I use headphones. Oh, fair enough. Because um, because it's not fair. Because it's, it's not it's, necessarily even soothing music. Some of it becomes very tense, and it sounds. It's like science fiction. Sounding. Machinery. It's just Machinery a white noisy science kind of fiction. Thing. I even fall asleep to the Voyager recording, the NASA Voyager um, recording. Oh, well, why don't you play it and tell me about it while it plays in the background? Okay, here's the uh, – this is – oh, and this is a group called Demdike Stare. 
How do you spell Dem Dykes? Uh, stare. It's, it's a D E M D I K E space stare, as in I'm staring at you. I'm staring at you from a dyke, and I'm a mm-hmm. Democrat. A Dem okay. Dykes is, a, I believe, right. is, a, is a form of Dutch witch or something like oh, that. Oh, fair enough. But it's like industrial mutant here. Okay, I'll just. This one's called Library of Solomon. <laughs> and is it what? Is it currently one of your favorites? It is. It is. Uh, I put two of my favorites on here, but there are lots. And how long do they run? Some of them are like two minutes long. Some are ten minutes long. And how long does it take you to get to sleep? (laughs) Yeah, it's my favorite part. It's like there's voices in the hallway. You don't know what's going on. Stuff's out there. Is there an alien coming? We don't know. And that I like pretending like I'm on the run from an alien when I fall asleep. I don't know why. Do you remember your dreams? Well, I hope, I want it to inspire my dreams. I want to have like awesome science fiction dreams, and sometimes I do. Right. Okay, so. I also have the mundane dreams, but. So you you do remember your dreams, and, but you don't think that they're affecting? I think it does sometimes, but a lot of it, you know. This is like you're playing Portal. It's like you're running through the video game Portal. Maybe that's also why I like it. The cake is a lie. I mean, like, uh. And that's the other one? Well. Same band? Yeah. And I'm using the word band. I don't I'm know not what... even sure if it is a band, if it's like one man or a bunch of people or a woman or, you know. Yeah, like maybe it's... it's like Badly Drawn Boy, which uh, I have other musical references from the early 90s. Uh, so, oh wow. And oh. so you fall asleep to that, and it can take you five minutes? It can take you... I, pre- I, I pre- fall asleep pretty fast when I oh, have good. this going on. Oh, there's the one real quick. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> I love the tone. You're like, this is the best one. Well, see, but not all their music is like this, so this is a good... Um, Sounds like an, an apocalypse is coming. <laughs> oh my god! It's like these locust oh. chanters come in. Oh, they okay. Hush, little hush, Doctor Who, little Doctor Whoey. It's like, are they? Are they? What are the bad guys on on Doctor Who called? I, sh- you know, I have. You're not a Doctor Do Hork, Dork. Me neither. Um, I've only watched the first eleven episodes of the first. Let's see. It oh, goes on like that, and, and then there's like also that. more apocalyptic alarms. And I just, I don't know why it yeah. creates a mood I love. Right, because that's the mood you love. You fall asleep, you get the good REM, mm-hmm. you wake up in the morning refreshed. Are you still wearing the headphones? Are they earbuds? What are you doing? They're earbuds, and okay. sometimes they fall out. And I have a playlist that you know will end after like an hour or so. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's fine. That seems for the best. And is it, is it on your iPod or is it on on this computer? It's on my phone and my iPod yeah. and the computer, you yeah, know, whatever yeah. is handy. And right, uh, right. when Emo is out of town, well, then you crank I it. I get crazy. <laughs> then it's a party. Then it's out loud. I don't need my no <laughs> headphones. And me and the cats have a party. Have you cat and the party. cats. You have, you have, Sad, a, you, you have a machinery cat party. And well, what are they, do the cats like it? They do, well, I, I give them some catnip, and then I crank it up on our stereo downstairs, You too. stone out your cats, and you're like, I totally this is it, shamelessly guys. do, and they go crazy, and then I put on, like, the machine noises, and we you all run around like freaks. this and with that robot movie from the from the 20s, Metropolis. That's and not what, a bad idea. You put your robot costume on, you sit with your cats all junked up on catnip, and put this on, and on silent, what was it called, Metropolis. That scenario has happened with everything except actually putting on Metropolis. I'm not saying I, I, I might walk around in the robot outfit when I'm alone at home. I'm just saying I'm not, I don't have to. Oh, I don't it's think there's anything wrong with that. But I have an Amelia Air hat that I occasionally just put on, uh, cause it makes me happy. It's an got Amelia goggles. Air hat? Yeah, it's got a hat. It's, it's the hat and the goggles. And I like to wear the goggles up high and oh, I like to pretend awesome. I'm, 
and yeah, I pretend I'm I'm helping Snoopy. Quite honestly, I got some free time I in like my brain box. I like the crossover. I like the crossover. The crossover. I've been little listening. Little sure, Snoopy, little Red little Baron slash Amelia yep. Earhart. Yep. She didn't disappear. She actually uh, did the and Aha <laughs> video where she turned into a cartoon. She turned into a cartoon, <laughs> and Snoopy will occasionally run into her uh, next to the Thames. Is there a love the interest there between Snoopy and Amelia? I that is wait that gross? a minute. Froze. Is that gross? Because it's, it's cross species. Yeah. Yeah, but see, then again, you got. Consenting, right? Consenting adults. I know that is a weird one. I always think about that. The weirdest one was in this last movie. They showed their kids, and some of the the frogs were pink, and the and the and the pigs were green. I think, if I remember, or I created it in my head to be creeped out. That one of those two things happened. I I like both. I like the idea of like weird genetic hybrid pig frogs. That's what would happen. There would be. Think they'd be cute. They wouldn't be. On the other hand, an owl bear, which is one of the first um, uh, villains I fought in Dungeons and Dragons, is a, a is a giant bear that also is an owl. And um, you know what an owl bear says? Gerhu. Anyway, that is the uh, that is the my impression of an owl bear. Gerhu. Good times, right? Who doesn't like an owl bear? Can it, can it fly? Because that would be terrifying. Can you I think it. I think the it, size of a bear flying. Because well, we were only like second level Dungeons and Dragons characters, so it couldn't have been that powerful. Though there were five of us, mm-hmm. so we did eventually kill the owl bear or drive yeah. it off or do whatever you do. See, that sounds. I used to play Dungeons and Dragons too, and um, our dungeon master. I, I, I was a computer programmer. In okay, Chicago, and so the, our programmers would get together and. Oh, nice. And our dungeon master would make up villains, and he had like. Man eating chipmunks once, which is is funny. Yeah, but I was like, I want scary. I want it to be, oh. you know, kind of cool. And like he kept coming up with like quirky, whimsical villains. And I'm like, can't we just have something well, really freaking? Here's scary? what I have learned. What I have learned about different game masters is that the game is entirely different via whoever's writing the game. It makes yeah. perfect sense. But I didn't see it until I started playing like other games, like. I, I've been playing this one D&D game and Andy's the game master and he enjoys silly, but he also enjoys someone super, super powerful. Like one of the first major and we just killed him. Nope. We can't find him. Oh shit. Anyway, so one of our first major villains that we ran and then ran into and then ran away from 10 years ago. We've been playing this game, by the way. Uh, yeah, we I were, love it. we were level one, level two, um, uh, whatever. I, I'm a rogue. Oh, I was uh, and a rogue. an archer. Very nice. Very nice. And, uh, and so, and I've, I've, now I'm, but now I'm a level seven, 16. Oh so God. I'm essentially a god. Uh, I am very, very powerful. And Can you so, die? Are you even scared? Is there any risk? Uh, there was some scare. We just fought a giant, a uh, very, very powerful artificer that we ran away from a couple of years ago. And we just ran into our first m- villain that we ran away from, which is a mind flayer. A mind flare, uh, doesn't that sound painful? That sounds painful. Mind flare. Yeah, even when I didn't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, when I was introduced to something called a mind flare, I was like, oh no, 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 I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to leave. And, uh, and so I quickly, we quickly ran away. And so he's been, uh, essentially plotting revenge on us for 10 years. But in real time, I think we're only about three or four years in. Mm-hmm. Like in game time, right. it's only been a couple of years. Do you ever have those characters come to life in your dream and like come after you? No. Interesting. You seem to be looking for for horror. Are you also do you enjoy scary stuff? It's October. I love scary stuff, but I don't. I'm not into like blood and gore. Scary. I'm into sort of creepy, suspenseful, spooky. psychological, spooky, psychological, like The Omen or yeah. something not from the 70s. Uh, or what is Alien cre- is my favorite movie. Okay, now Alien. I saw Aliens. 
which was more of an action and quite scary. I found it scary. They both are. Yeah. Uh, yes, but Alien is mostly a mind fuck, if I remember That's correctly. That's right, yes. And, okay. And, and I, I kind of lost interest. I mean, I've seen all of the movies. The only sure. movie I've ever walked out of, like, in a huff was in, um, which, Alien Resurrection, because it was just so stupid. Uh, Highlander like, 2. I'm very... Protect, I, I, I'm not into, I haven't seen Highlander 2. Oh no, there was a movie it, that it they missed destroyed. and there should have been a Highlander 1.5. Clearly there was a miss, a movie missing to explain why. Alien Resurrection? I didn't see Alien Resurrection. Don't was see it, it, it no. was terrible? It's just, you did not enjoy it? You know, at some point they, they just go for the, the big explosions and the cool oh, okay. effects with no plot and then it, it, like irrational things that are stupid and they kind of turn the character Ripley into this like, I don't know. You uh, want to be, you actually want to be, uh, ha- have your mind turned in circles. Is that what I'm seeing? Yeah. When you go to a, a scary movie? How about the Ring? I heard that was good. The Japanese one and then the American one? I heard yeah. that that was scary and kind I of. I saw a- the, um, I saw the American one. Okay. With Na- Naomi Watts. Um. And they did a nice job? Very um, nice. As very far nice. as <laughs> Creep Factor 12? Yeah, very okay. creepy. Creep mm-hmm. Factor. And The Shining, of course. Stan the Shining. Brick style creep. Sure. And. and- Wasn't there a, um, what other, doesn't Stanley Kubrick do a lot of scary movies? I feel like I would always be uncomfortable if he was doing, if he was. Yeah, well, it depends on what you find scary. Um, if you find a really long movie scary, then, um, (laughs) 2010 A Space Odyssey. Oh, I heard that that, that that didn't actually go very well. 2001, I hear was, did you see 2001? Oh, that's what I meant, 2001. 2010 was the sequel. Oh, okay. Oh, the 2001 was the first one, and it was supposed to be seminal, and it was amazing, and it was, and it was very, and very tense. It is, but it's also very artistic and it takes its very time. Beautiful Some people and, okay. don't appreciate that. Oh, right. Like if you're a science fiction action thing, you're like, oh, it's a space movie. You're not going to like it. Oh, right. Because but, 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 but I have found like there's some movies like you watch the older movies and the pacing is so much slower and you're like, oh, but that was worth it. It can't. I it, think so. Yeah, I like yeah. it when there's character development. What the heck? These days they don't. Really. Even Elysium, which I'm told the guy who wrote and directed that, the guy who did uh, District 9. Did you see District 9? I did. Uh, shrimps. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was essentially apartheid with uh, shrimp people. Yeah, and they eat cat food. Uh, was that the name of the South that- African guy? No, no, no. They, they, they remember the people. Oh, and they ate cat they food. They would, uh, yeah, they oh. throw them cans of cat food to get them to behave. Yeah, and, yeah. And then, and the guy who turned into him started liking cat food and he was like, this is amazing. Why is this so amazing? And, uh, yeah, pretty gross. Uh, so we bought District 9. I have not watched it again because I knew it was very well done, but it seriously creeped me out. Yeah. It's Peter Boyle, isn't it? Is that uh, Peter Boyle? I think I don't know. I could have totally. I just could someone's be... yelling at the iPod now. Don't I know. Worry about I know. It. Yeah. I'm going to get hate mail. So, so the 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 mind stuff is interesting because you have you have uh you you have a mind stuff that like you love. You were just talking about metaphysical underpinnings of different things, right? <gasps> Like yeah. you like the consciousness. What does that even What does that even mean? I'm fascinated by like the nature of reality and consciousness. And that we all might be hooked up to a would, giant machine, like matrixy, or no? Not so much that. I mean, I find that interesting, <laughs> but I don't necessarily believe that. But I mean, and, and this is this is a, a layman, um, blonde's version of science. So it's like uh, my, my interpretation. Layman, that's of it. the only way to go around here. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm going to go get more coffee. Please tell me uh, into the microphone, and so people can hear while I go get more coffee. Okay. Okay. So this is uh, kind of weird, guys. Um, I'm by myself, and uh, she's in the other room. I'm hearing a lot of banging, screaming, and someone just said, help, call the police. Uh, y- y- 
Um, well, you know, they, they, like one, one Harvard scientist or someone said, um, we know everything about the brain except how it works. And so we don't really know what the nature of like being aware and aware of our own existence, you know, and it's like the same question they ask when we wonder if artificial intelligence could ever become oh, sentient. Right. That and, is- um, there's uh, two, two scientists that, that have lately had a lot of papers come out and, and it's Penrose and Hammer off of their names and they were studying the nature of consciousness. And, and again, remember this is a layman blonde and I could get a lot of stuff wrong. So, um, yeah, yeah, but go, uh, go for it. They were looking for a change in the brain between when you are unconscious and when you are conscious. Now, when I say unconscious, I mean thoroughly unconscious, meaning not asleep. Oh, like, like comatose. Anest- yeah, anesthetized. Um, okay. Yeah, because sleeping, you're still, part of your brain is still conscious. Okay. They, you know? They've decided that for reals? Like scientists it's, have said part of your brain is probably still conscious? Well, you're, the dreaming part of your brain is conscious. You're, you're still experiencing. Your brain is working. It's not completely dormant. Okay. You, you know, parts of your brain are still lighting up and flashing and knowing and stuff and while you dream. Um, but when you are in a coma or, uh, like anesthesia, your brain is dormant. Okay. We're, you're not, we're, we aren't getting any readings. Like you're hooked up to something and there's no readings. I mean, you're alive. I right, mean, right. I mean, the, but your, their brain but activity no is, is different. No centers are activated. Got it. Right. Got it. Um, and they wanted to know what changes in the brain between unconscious and consciousness. Yeah. And they really couldn't find any significant difference, you know, just that certain things weren't lighting up. They weren't yeah. being used, but it's not like something changes. And, uh, they found something where no one ever thought to look, which is, um, <laughs> let me get really nerdy now. Um, it. there's these parts of a cell called microtubules and they are sort of part of the skeleton of the cell. They help it maintain its shape and move around and they're just utilitarian workhorses. Okay. You know? They're like the uh, big strapping guys that hang out and they're union guys and they sit there and they're like, hey, yeah, if you yeah. need us, we're here, but we're on break. Right. Um, and they found that in, in the brain cells, the microtubules are the things that change between consciousness and unconsciousness. Okay. So they're the only tra- things that, that really. They undergo a change and it's on a quantum level. Okay. You know, like, like crazy metaphysical, crazy quantum. Um, how is they, it measured? Well, the way they, I, and again, so the, they, they alternate between two states, you know, it's part of how they work. Um, and when you are unconscious, they're in superposition. I think I'm getting this right. They're in superposition where they're neither one nor the other, but both. Okay. So, so they're, 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 when you're conscious, they're one or the other. Okay. Oh. When you're unconscious, they're kind of in like a holding pattern, which is both. Oh, interesting. It's like this. This is fascinating. The double slit experiment. Have you heard of that? No. What is that? Oh my God. I love this. This is like mind porn for me. Uh, and, and I will be clumsy in describing it. Of course. Um, but you know, uh, if you have a, if you have a slit in a piece of paper and you aim a flashlight at it, what would you see on the wall behind it? Mm, a slit of light. Right. Okay. If you have two slits and you aim a flashlight at it, what you see behind it is sort of several layers of, it's called interference. Okay. So, in, in, you know, and what's it called? Slits. What's the name of the, the experiment? Double slit experiment. Got it. So they were Catchy. studying whether <laughs> like, yeah. like particles, like electrons and that are like, they act like waves sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes they act like matter. Oh, right. And, um, they would shoot a stream of electrons at a double slit and get the pattern of, of interference you know, like a wave, even though they're not waves. But here's huh. the thing. I'll, I'll cut to the part that's really interesting. Yeah. 
they decided to send just one electron through. And they measured it with like photographic paper, whatever, and it went through both. One electron went through both slits until they sort of like weaved through. It was, it was, it it, it it was was big enough to go through what's called superposition, meaning any possible outcome is all of those. And that's where this quantum stuff gets crazy. Yeah. It went through both slits. Okay. Which we know is impossible. It was in two places at at the same time. Okay. It also some, by some formulas went through neither. But how it's measured, it went through both. Then they put a camera yeah. there to try to watch. Right. You know, and it's like they're shooting a single golf ball through there, but it's like the, an electron size. Right. And when there was a camera, it went through one or the other, not both. It knows if it's being watched. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. This is a major That's crazy. thing. It knows when it's being observed and it behaves differently. That is cuckoo for it Cocoa is. Puffs. That is that is spooky. Welcome to Halloween month, everybody. I know. What, so, so one electron, when working alone, <laughs> knows when it's being watched. And that um, applies to photons. It can apply to a lot of different, um, hot quantum level. And this, and no one's, you're, I don't know that you know the answer. I mean, I think I would need a scientist, uh, to, to know how do you, how do you cut one electron, uh, loose from the herd? How do you, how do you do that? How do you send one electron towards something? You bully it. A, yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Is it, and there's that anti-bullying campaign about yeah. electrons. You're like, They're you're like, so negative. Why are you so negative? <laughs> God. Uh, I laughed against my will. Well played. Well played. Cause that uh, puns in me. I'm like, I usually don't even get them. So yay. <laughs> Kipley, everybody at Kipley Brown on Twitter. And, uh, oh, you, and, uh, and of course, Kipley.com. So that is hilarious. So, so all that kind of stuff. So the metaphysical underpinning mm-hmm. of science that, yeah. that, that things mean something. But it also in addition goes into to, like spooky. And so actually Einstein called it spooky action. Like it's like Einstein called it spooky action. Einstein called this metaphysical, some of these qualities of, of the way the, like the universe acts mm-hmm. that are counterintuitive to how, or not intuitive, they're, they're counter to what all the formulas say should happen. Mm-hmm. Call it spooky action. And one of those is like quantum entanglement where you can have like two particles that are entangled, like people, like relationships. And when oh, you okay. separate them, they get sad. <laughs> they, okay. well, they, you could separate them <laughs> okay. like by a huge distance. Right. And if you make a change in one, it changes in the other over that huge distance. Okay. Simultaneously, which is like something we've—it's it's like impossible. It's like that faster is, than the speed of light. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, that—that's that. Okay. Wow. And it may explain why you can sometimes have a sense when someone you love is in trouble. Right, or, right, right. It's all that twin thing. Yeah. But like twins, uh, you know, they have some sense of soulmates. You know. Yeah, you're and, entangled. Uh, you're you're entangled. entangled. Sure. I did a, a film about all of this stuff actually, which is, uh, I was interested in it beforehand, and yeah. so I was just thrilled when it's called Yesterday Was a Lie. Okay. And um, it's a it's a. Can people go to your IMDb page and and see Yesterday Is a Lie and find out what the hell Yesterday Was a Lie? You can see it on Netflix. Oh, can you? Mm-hmm. you it, well, there it's you not go, streaming people. right now, right? You can, but you get, can get the disc. Get it on Amazon. You can buy it. It's it's it was released by E1, um, and it's a film noir. Oh, neat. Okay, and but it's uh, but it's it's science fictiony. It's technically called a science fiction noir, but it's not okay. like Aliens and right. And, and a det- I play the sort of lead. I'm the detective, but in the classic sort of Humphrey Bogart. Sweet. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> ah, and the, I wore a fedora. 
and it's like my dream. I, I, like, right. I tend towards playing masculine parts. I don't know why, but, but I super. But the, the funnest thing about about acting is getting to dress up and be somebody else and play and just play army, you know, and yeah. just get to play play make play dress up and but play. The, the, the problem with it is that you have to wait for someone to give you a job to do it. So that's why I, right. I have my own things at home and I dress up and play with myself. I mean, exactly. wait, wait a minute. Not I mean, exactly. Wait a minute. I believe you called it hang out with yourself. I hang out with myself. I think that was okay. in Our Bodies Ourselves. That was the name of that chapter. To hang yeah. out with oneself. <laughs> um, it's what ladies listening There's, to techno <laughs> music. Right. And did you ever read Our Bodies Ourselves? In, no. Our Bodies Ourselves was like this thing put out in the 70s uh, that was given, that were given a young women um, so that you could find out what your parts all did, right? And it was all very medical, but also very clear, and it didn't try to lie, and it didn't try to scare you. It was just, and there was a chapter about masturbation, and it was not called Hang Out With Yourself, but there was a line in it that it said, make a date with yourself, like give yourself a nice bath, get yourself, you know, some lighting. And this is in the 70s? Yeah. You know, I I actually love that. Because a lot of people were raised with the idea that it's bad to masturbate and it's evil and wrong right. and you're going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. And I love that they're like, Which hey, is you what, know what? what it was. everyone does it, admit it, you do it, make it nice for yourself. Exactly. It's not going to kill you. It's bad. a matter of fact, it's going to chill you out. It's going to chill it. you out. Everyone does it. You know, uh, I refer to it as watching NCIS. No, uh, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, NCIS I'm is a TV. I know what it is. <laughs> you find it as a masturbatory um, show. No, it's I, on this show, the the Dork Forest. I uh, I consistently mention that one of the things I do in the afternoon before shows is I just I watch a lot of NCIS marathons, Castle Bones, and it, what it is is between six and about uh, three and six at night, three and six in the afternoon. When you do stand-up comedy, that's nap time, yeah. which is code for I'm going to take a bath, <laughs> lie down, have a nap. And sometimes I nap. Sometimes I watch an NCIS marathon. And sometimes uh, I hang out with myself. Yeah. Well, yeah, there as you well you should. Do you do you, do you you at least buy yourself dinner afterwards? Uh, I treat myself right. I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, uh, we got I, cupcakes. I have but, a hand. Like I, I'm afraid I've wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, to myself several times. And I feel like really used you ever, afterwards. Do you ever leave money for yourself on the, on the <laughs> nightstand? <laughs> He's like, My get yourself some money pretty. for me. Is that weird? <laughs> it's like, here's some money. Go masturbate. That would be weird if yeah. it were that. That would be would? Uh, that would be awkward. In other news, uh, <laughs> we've I'd digressed. Like I'm at least worth worth three bucks at least for that. Exactly. But, yeah. Get yourself a nice cup I of love coffee. Long time. Exactly. Now here we are. Uh, we're doing good. Now, when you first said you wanted to talk about Star Trek because you like Star Trek. I love Star Trek. Um, Original Star Trek, Next Trek, Voyager, all of it. What are we? What are we talking the about? The fact you call it Next Trek is you're not a fan, are you? I am a fan, but let me tell you something. I was a fan when it, I'm also 107 years old. So when uh, when it first started, it's not. What, what what do you kids call it? Next generation. Yeah, you call it next gen, or you call it. Uh, TNG or, or something like that. The name of it is Star Trek The Next Generation. Right. But the thing is, is uh, I grew up with Star Trek, the original series, and then when Star Trek The Next Generation came, everybody, all of my friends just called it Next Trek. That's actually, I like it. I hadn't yeah. heard it before. I like Next yeah. Trek. And so, and I love Next Trek, and, uh, but I can call it Next Gen. I'm, I'm open. I'm, I'm open gonna, to I'm learn. I'm going to start calling it Next Trek. I think that's cooler. Let's swap. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and then if anybody gives you any guff, you go, I think it's better. Yeah. So. Hey, I'm different. It's, uh, I'm you different. You conform with everyone else. I'm going to be over here. Exactly. You and your beard, take it, take it on the, take it on the, on the, on the arches. Yeah. Which is a, a fancy way of saying a leave Anyway, so. I like it though. Um, okay. are you ever on the canal? You ever listening? On the Erie Canal? Huh? Where you're listening to somebody over, 
with my eyes. Andy and I will sit around and he'll go, Hey, are you on the canal? I was is on that the eavesdropping. It is eavesdropping. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. It's nice. The other thing is if you're on the tower, the Eiffel tower, if you're looking, see, here's my thing. That's, ah, I am I like a, euphemisms for spying and puns. And, uh, and so there's a lot of word, uh, I, I used to be very, very literal and not enjoy puns at all. And I, that's why that pun made me laugh so much because now I'm more and more, uh, accepting and loving of such things. I, I like them when they're, when they're clever and used sparingly. It's like if you meet someone and oh, every true. other thing is, you, is a pun and I right. know someone like that, you want to kill yourself by the right. end. Right. Because you're like, stop. stop. Yeah. It's good. It's, okay. We get it. You're clever. You're, but let's move on. Let's have a real conversation. Some people can't, can't help themselves. Like, uh, there's a couple of wordsmiths out there. I've had him on the, uh, the program. Mike Kaplan. M-Y-Q. I love Mike. He's Mike, a friend of ours. He's the greatest, right? He's yeah, a lovely yeah. man. Uh, cannot stop with the wordplay. Cannot. He, he, he's been at our house several times and never dropped a pun. He's very, <gasps> he's with his friend. Like, oh, like, so they, he, they always come over to visit Emo and me and, okay, and so he's been, he's behaved himself. Well, he must be, he, he, he must, it's like stuttering. Maybe he's so comfortable with you. He doesn't feel the need or, or he knows that. We would judge him. Would but, but possibly. Zach Sherwin, another one. MC Mr. Napkins. And, uh. That's who he always comes over with. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and those two guys are big giant wordsmith dudes. TJ, TJ Miller, uh, also, uh, is a guy who loves. Yeah. Uh, I do love wordplay. Yeah. When it's and, clever, not just like obvious. Right, right. And, 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 and he, but he tends to, I think when he may only do it when he's being recorded and knows that he's he's on to some extent. So because in yeah. regular conversation, he's a normal man. Yes, and I he's appreciate just- that because I've met so many comedians that like you talk to them and you're like, okay, you're I'm not an audience, I'm a person you're talking to. You're not. Yes. You know what? And then you realize that they're like. Then they finally get real with you, but then you realize they're actually doing a bit on you. Oh, testing see, a bit on you. And I just want to be like, dude, can you yeah, be a real person for a yeah. second? In 1984, my stepmother said to me when I had been doing stand-up comedy for six months, I came home from college and she said, can I talk to Jackie and not talk to Johnny Carson for a minute? Because uh, that's a lot. And I was like, nice reference. Nice reference. I'm here all week. Oh, my I'm God. here for the weekend. We are, we are, we are sisters. Uh, from, kind of on. From the same mister. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At home, like at the emo sometimes has to ask to speak to Kipley because, you know, like. Shut it down. Shut it down. Let's just have a conversation. It's yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. There you go. And you want to entertain. Okay. So you, you've seen the original Star Trek. Yes. And, um, I love it, but my, you, my, are, mainly I'm a next generation fan. Okay. Excellent. Freak. And then the, the rest of the episode of the series, I never really got into. I'm a, a really next generation. And I was on an episode of Enterprise. Shut it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Scott Bakula, whose oh. name reminds with, but Crackula. Uh, oh, I he, like that. He's aware of it. That's no, I, I don't think he is. And uh, you'll talk about <laughs> Scott Bakula's but Crackula. He is uh, very handsome. And I wanted to watch Enterprise, uh, but Andy didn't like it. And uh, it was early days, early days mm-hmm. of our relationship. And it turns out it affected my TV watching. <laughs> I could go back and watch it. It would be fine. I, You know, I started to watch it too, but it just didn't. It, it didn't, didn't grab you? I'm not going to say it was a bad show. It didn't resonate you, with me. And at the time, um, <laughs> I'm dating myself here, but I, you know, it, when it was out, it, I didn't have TiVo. It didn't really exist yet and all yeah. that stuff. And I knew I was never around when it was on. So I also, you I would have had to have taped back. it and all these things. It right. was, it was a bit of a commitment, but, uh, to, um, to watch it. I, I, uh, I was on an episode in season three. And, yeah. Oh, you know, what did you play? Right. What'd you play? What'd you play? I'm going to nerd out. I played, um, crewman Jane Taylor. <laughs> and and you know the famous crewman Jane. No, no, no. Uh, oh, you're, you're not familiar with your work. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, no, no, yes. no. I, I'm sure I said to Aisha are... Tyler one time. So what do you what have you been doing since the soup? Oh, was she, and she like, was like a million things. Yeah, she was like, 
you're hilarious. Are you seriously? And I was like, I'm so sorry that I haven't seen Archer. And, uh, and then, and then it was fine. But, uh, yeah, so I, but what did, what was, what was your, did you live? Uh, oh, spoiler. Well, now, here we go. Here we go. Um, I appear as a ghost <laughs> to the happy Halloween, everyone. Chief engineer mm-hmm. trip. Uh, it's, it's in a, a storyline where they're, they're Zindi, the evil aliens that are killing everyone. Okay. Um, have been attacking the ship and my character dies in engineering. Okay. I'm, I'm, I work in engineering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, he has to write a letter to my parents informing them and he can't remember who I am. And so Aww. he's like, who is this? And, and I appear to him. I'm like, you can't remember me? <gasps> I did this and I did that. And it was super sad. And I like to think of myself, uh, as a red shirt, the only red shirt probably. To speak after death. That's great. It's like an ep- that episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where there's the ghost that lives up in the attic of the school because everyone ignored her even though she played the flute. Anyway. Um, Why they ignored her. <laughs> <laughs> no. I like the flute. Uh, so, well, but it depends then, on how well you play I guess. I suppose. And there were – we all the, – the I played the clarinet in junior high and until I switched to trumpet. But like it was like it was one of those things that they would just make you play. Did you play an instrument when I you were a kid? I played the flute until I my asthma got the best of me and they're like, Here's something you don't have to blow into. Here's a violin. And then you switch to violin. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Entirely different. A lot of fingering. Oh, my God. I, played, I faked I was, it the whole time. I never learned a damn thing. I just, oh. uh, when we had concerts, I would move the bow and, and look like I was, but no. Right, right. Uh, I played viola for six months, and then I quit, and my sister was like, wait, you can quit? And because she had played the violin and she didn't know that she could quit. So she would practice to irritate my parents three hours a day, not even kidding, until she became incredibly good at the violin. That's a wonderful revenge on your parents. Is it not was, what you normally hear about a, at a all. prodigy of music. Uh, right, because she was just like, fine, listen to this. You want me to play the violin? I'll play it. And then she got really good at it, and then she, uh, and then I, and my parents said, "Well, you can quit the viola, but you have to play something." And, uh, and so I was like, "I oh, clarinet," even though I wanted to play oboe, and they wouldn't. It's a fascinating story. Oh, but oboes yeah. are hard. I know it was a very hard embouchure. Ex- mm-hmm. Yeah, the embouchure. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister played the oboe, and Emo plays clarinet, and so I've learned one a, a thing or two about right. embouchure. He's really good at clarinet. And he brought his recorder, the episode he did, and uh, and we played a little recorder together. And he said, well, if you need to borrow a clarinet, I have an extra clarinet. He has many. He has many well, if I wanted to clarinet. get back, if I wanted to get back into the clarinet, but I, you know what I would like is more trumpet is because I switched over to trumpet in high school for marching band because there were too many clarinet players. And so I played. I like Bass trumpet. Cl- I don't like what it makes people's faces look like when they play it, when they play it. Oh, I saw Miles Davis one time and, uh, he uh, asked for um, floss in the. He said, "This is going to be weird. I'm going to need uh, any of you, anybody who has a purse or a bag, anyone carrying any floss, because it will affect my playing." And a woman in the front row pulled some floss out of her purse, gave it to him, and he's like, "I'm not going to give it back to you." And uh, <laughs> and it was very. Funny. I would have wanted it back if I were her, because then I would like keep it. I think yeah, a little DNA kind of yeah. exactly. But yeah, uh, yeah. Like I I did I liked the sound of the cello. I had a choice. Oh, the cello is the best. How it made women sit with their legs apart, and I thought that was like kind of like un unladylike, and so oh. that's why I chose the violin. Where were you raised? Outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Yeah, 
Lake you, Forest, Illinois. Oh, oh my gosh. I know, I know, that's I know. A, it's it's like, a no, waspy suddenly, upbringing. Suddenly she has a new image of me. Well, that's because like, I'm from a factory <laughs> town outside of Milwaukee. See, so I, like I, have, to, I, I pretend I'm from a van. I want to be from a factory town. No. <laughs> uh, no. I'm grateful for the upbringing I had. Exactly. It was very snooty and elite, and my parents kept it real for us. I mean, and they did as much as they could, and everybody's upbringing is as focacted yeah, as the next yeah. person's. But And my mom is English, and she was like, oh, my God. Super poor. <laughs> You, that's hilarious. The Lake Forest English and yet coming from, she came from poverty. And so she was like, you're like, oh my God. All right. I get why the cello thing. She kept it real for us. I mean, I had to get a job. I worked at the, um, stop talking. It's so sad that you had to get a job. I liked it actually. I mean, all those little rich kids, they had Mm -hmm. so many emotional problems. They got beamers on their 16th birthday. I never Mm -hmm. got a car. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at the time I might have complained a little bit, but, um, <laughs> you might have. I think I might be doing a little better than some of them emotionally. Yeah, because you had, might have had, uh, a, a work ethic. It's, and a uh, sense of reality, not living mm-hmm. in this little bubble of non-reality. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, um, we, uh, my, we didn't have jobs, uh, but I, we all had to get our own jobs. That's how poor we were. They were like, we can't even get you a job. We're working on getting ourselves jobs. You want a job? Go fucking get a job. And so I heard my, you worked at Wendy's. I never did. Oh no, you worked at a fast food restaurant. I was. Literally- I worked at a hot dog stand in uh for in between college. I heard, uh, heard summer. Oh right, right. In uh, my first job, because what I was doing was I was selling student council candy bars for double the amount that they were supposed to be sold for, and pocketing, by the way, seventy bucks a week. Pretty so sweet until they caught me. Did you make it double? I made it. Did double. you inflate the price? I did, and I skimmed oh, off the top. Wow. It was a you are until so I was busted. Like Nookie Thompson training. And- oh yeah, there was uh, there was a little bit of there was some crime, and then finally, um, because my pitch was that I couldn't find a job, and so one woman was like, "Do you want a job?" And I said, "Yeah," and then I didn't. It turned out because uh, it was a lot easier to sell candy bars, but uh, I did have the job for as long as it lasted, and then I had to they the. She liked me, the woman who owned it, but her mother, who was one of the other owners, hated me for some reason. And it was my first job, and it was at, at a, um, uh, I was a dishwasher, and which is the dumbest job in the How world. How could you hate a dishwasher if they're How can doing you, their job and uh, some, clean, you know, like no, breaking them? No, I wasn't breaking them, and I and or... I was doing my job. But I, uh, I don't know if you know this. I'm a little chipper. I'm a, I'm a little chatty magoo. My God, I'm shocked. Uh huh. And it was hard to believe. And so I guess I was a little too chatty in the kitchen. And I was affecting other people's productivity, oh, even though you should enjoy your job. I know. Well, I didn't realize it until later, but, and then the weirdest thing is that I would work these, these, I was 15 and I would work Friday and Saturday nights and I would work from four thirty until one in the morning. And then I didn't have any money to take that bus home. So I'd have to walk three miles home from Cudahy to South Milwaukee. And I remember the first time At I was four, like, I, Really? At 1.30 in the morning, and my parents were like, well, you should get home. And um, and then finally, Did I got my first check. No, no, no. It's, well, it's their factory towns. I mean, I'm sure they're, they would have been if I would have been naked running with money with taped to my ass, screaming well, I mean, what's going to happen. Really. Yeah, any neighborhood. And uh, so what I just, I mean, I, I never. I had a visual, by the way. That's a, <laughs> I it's think a good can, one. I, I, yeah. I, I, I can visualize things very well. And, it's and very you look, Benny. You look good. 
You weren't thinking Benny Hill? I went more Benny Hill when with money taped to my ass running. No, Yakety Sex was not playing in my head. No, no. I had sort of more Born Free kind of gone. So you were on Enterprise. Yeah. Let me, let's have the show be about you for a moment. Anyway. No, I'm boring. <laughs> no, no. You were on Enterprise because we're getting close here, and I want to make sure people – because Star Trek continues. I met the Vic guy. Vic Mignogna. Yes, at, he plays Kirk. He plays Kirk, but he's also the voice of some famous, the robot, the brother of the robot. Full metal, metal alchemist. Alchemist, yes, which I tried to watch some of, and it was good, but I, I, it was hard to get into. And, um, but it, it's fine. It's anime, and I didn't watch his. I watched the Japanese version, because that was what was streaming. Mm-hmm. And so then you have to read the, it's like Attack the Titans. I only saw it in streaming in Japanese for, on Netflix, so, but Vic, I met him at an anime convention, and I told him about the Dork Forest, and he was like, well, you know, I do a thing called Star Trek Continues. Oh, my God, you do a really good Vic. And uh, <laughs> and he's got, like, this chiseled, handsome face for anyone who doesn't know who he looks he's like. And super so he, like, dreamy. He engages you with his eyes, and, and then, like, his, his like... And will not let go, by the way. will come out and be like, let me tell you something. You're like, I'm hypnotized. I'm hypnotized. Yeah, he doesn't let you go. Uh, what, what fascinated me most about it was, is that he had f- clearly taken his full metal alchemist, uh, money and created a soundstage in northern Florida, recreating the original Star Trek set? All the sets. Most of the set. I was there. Um, of course, cause you yeah, were, it's, it's now it's in Kingston, Georgia, which is just, a bit. Oh, right. Just up, up the road. Jacksonville, but it's technically Georgia. Uh, the original Star Trek bridge recreated. And then they're, they don't have engineering built, but that might be something they do, but they have sick bay. They have engineering. They have the, um, transporter room. They oh, have right. crew quarters if necessary, auxiliary control in the, the, uh, episode I did. Um, and hilariously though, cause what, cause what Star Trek continues.com is, is it starts right after the last episode it that with Kirk where the original mission ended and my I was skeptical when I first because you know when you have when you have a show that I called it so fan fiction loved it is fan fiction because it's not paramount or he CBS. was offended he was he was genuinely like it isn't fan fiction I know it's why he's a f- because it's so incredibly well done right. he doesn't when I think of fan fiction I think of like you, 400 you, pound men wearing the like the skin tight next generation suit running around with which like is, a, a, if you need to do that do it for her and it's pound the acting man. is like stop right. over there he is he is these are trained actors and he loved and it's clearly fan generated yes because it, he, he is he a fan is, um yeah kickstarter and and no, other, no he's a fan oh he, he is a, he, 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 oh, is he is the is biggest mega, of, he's he's a mega fan yeah. he he is he is he built the damn thing with his own money. He did. Yeah. It, so clearly it is fan fiction because it, also, it is also not owned by the people, right? No, no. That's what calls, makes it fan fiction. But it's not like the low budget, really poorly written, badly acted, terrible sound, b- poor sets. Kind it of is fan all fiction. of not of those things. It, looks it is like, so good. It looks good. like the, the original series. And, and I was skeptical because I was like, you know, these characters, these are such beloved characters, Spock and Kirk mm-hmm. and Uhura and the original crew. It's like people do not want to see Recasting anyone of that. but William Shatner playing Kirk. Mm-hmm. And Vic is brilliant because the, the philosophy that they take on the set is we are not going to imitate these great actors. We know that we cannot be them exactly. Right. What we're going to do is do... Uh, have a flavor of that person and bring a little bit of ourselves to it. Right. So that it's not an impression. It's not trying to sort of copy or, or 
it, it's yeah, different you, enough that you don't feel offended. And it's funny. You're not like, offended and you resonate with them. So you allow, you, essentially it opens a small, small door. It's very easy to yeah. accept them playing these characters because they're not trying to sort of they're not trying rape to do you with accuracy. Yes. <laughs> in terms of perfect impression. Exactly. You know, they're yeah. not like Rich Little suddenly is. And my, my brother-in-law, uh, my sister's husband, is a mega Star Trek fan, a purist, so much so he would not see the J.J. Abrams movies. Uh, he, he did not oh, want okay. to see it. Those guys play those characters. And mm-hmm. begrudgingly, he had to watch my episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. For you are related. Yep. And uh, he loved it. And I was shocked because I, I figured it. That- now, is, is that the second episode? You're on the second episode? I'm in episode three. In episode three. So they've done three because I've only seen one. Yes, the first episode had, um. Was Vic. Well, Vic's in all of them. He's in all of them, but. He's Kirk. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah, but of he's course him. he's in them. But, um, yeah, so there's three episodes now. And how long are each episode? An hour? They are about 45 minutes. They're about Perfect. What, it, what the airtime of the originals would be without the commercials. Mm-hmm. And, um, Lou Ferrigno's in episode two. Oh, okay. Playing a, oh. an Orion slave master, mm-hmm. which required him to be painted green. Oh, uh, hilarious. Uh huh. And uh, Michael Dorn did the voice of the computer in my episode. That's Worf, right? The Next Generation. My yep. cat's name is Worf. I'm mm-hmm. a dork, and we have parties. Mm-hmm. We hang out. <laughs> you do. And sometimes I will play the Next Generation theme song, which also was the song that I made Emo agree to when we, uh, as the after we were said I do and we're married, and then you and run you out, walk off, you walk off, and we walked off to the Next Generation theme you, song. You, you, you didn't. <laughs> that is, it's a. I had some friend of mine who did that. The when when Chewie doesn't get the medal uh, in Star Wars, <laughs> and uh, you know when the three of them are walking yes, down to yes. get medals, and of course Chewie <laughs> does not get his medal. But I don't know why that's the only thing that's stuck in my head. But the thing, but that song the is so great. Yes. The pageantry of the whole thing. That's that. A friend of mine got married to that. I oh, love it. <laughs> A little bit. We got married to uh, Forever Mine by the OJs. Very exciting. I like that. I like it was that. very sweet. And, I converted um, Emo into a Star Trek man. I'm, I'm proud of this. And I also made him uh, turn him into a cat man. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, so have you, do you watch, do you rewatch them? Do you ever watch them again? Or do you just, if they're on, you're like, oh, I'm watching this now? Um, I have the full DVD. Oh, you got the DVD set, do you? Okay. So if you needed. I'm collecting and we, like those are we get Christmas gifts from emo every year. Oh, there you go. We first started dating a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I was like, you're going to watch this show. You need need to, you need to watch this show. I mean, this is me. This is about me. This is, you know, me. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Mm -hmm. you're going to watch it, sir. Yes. Uh, Back then I called him sir. Um, I like that. It's nice. But we would watch it, and he's such a gentleman. He would sit there, and, and he's he doesn't gravitate towards sci-fi. Okay. Say himself, he likes it, but it's not like something that, like me, where I'm just right. like I want to become a sci-fi futuristic. Yeah, yeah, you like it. Thing, yeah, person, robot, cyborg. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were watching several episodes, and then you know he kind of watched. It. I could tell it wasn't necessarily his thing. And then at one episode, we're watching it, and he gets like pretty irate, and he says, "Wait a minute." And he stands up. He says, you can't beam off a ship if the shields are up. <laughs> oh, hello. He had found an error and was, was. Now like, he's in. He was like, like dork offended. Yes. By the error that they made. And, and, and I was like, by then I just sort of. <laughs> my hands, I'm, my now, work here is done. You're, you're in. Yes. You're in. That is exactly. One of us. One of us. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually met, uh, William Frakes who plays William Riker. Okay. Did I say William Frakes? 
Yeah. Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes. Do, That'll he, happen. He does have a separate identity from the character he plays right. Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we, we met him at a convention and I was there for yesterday was a lie. And, um, I, I have social malfunction problems. Um, and we went and met him and it was there, uh, I didn't want to be like the Star Trek fan. He's like, oh yeah. oh, yeah. I wanted to be like, I'm a colleague, you see, cause I'm here to act for myself. <laughs> see, and I appreciate Star Trek. You know, I was going to be that person. Oh, were you going to be super cool about it? I was going to be mm-hmm. like, you and I were, we're peers. I don't think yeah. you understand. Uh, yeah. that, it didn't work out that way. No, how did it work uh, out? No, I thought what I would do, uh, my strategy was to go in and rather than just be like, Oh my God, Riker, Riker, Riker. I'm like, I, I was like, and we had just seen him on an episode of Criminal Minds and mm-hmm. he played kind of mm-hmm. a shady character, molester kind of guy, but okay. I wanted to pull did. up a different project he did so that it's like, you are more than you more know, than Star Trek. You are more than that, sir. And I so called him you, sir. Did you? I went up to him and I said that and he was like, Oh yeah, you saw it. I'm like, yeah. And I was so nervous that the next thing I did is I gave him a double thumbs up and I said, <laughs> pedophile. Oh shit. <laughs> Cause he played a pedophile. Right. And I was trying to, to be, be funny, cool, and but it turned out, uh, that it looked didn't like land? I was, um, no, yeah. it did not because he looked back at me <laughs> and just said, pedophile. Yeah. And he did not give me a thumbs back. Nope. He, nope. He looked at me like, are, are, are did, you kidding me? Do he, I need to call the police? Right. Freak. Did he try to cut you some slack? Cause I met, I, I got to meet, um, Danielle Koenig is a friend of mine. Uh, she's married to Jimmy Pardo. And her father, Walter Koenig, uh, he came to a show when we both did stand up together and, and it was, whoever went on stage, uh, Danielle came up to me and she said, my father is here and she just made some Spock reference at him. He's never going to come and see me again. And I said, Oh man, that sucks. She I was hoping Spock. You mean she thought he was Spock? No, or, she made some reference. Like Spock's character, possibly, was or, or, or I don't. I didn't hear it. I was in my head, of course, because mm-hmm. I was going up next, and I was like, "Oh, that sucks." And she goes, and she was just mad because she was like, "He doesn't like a lot of you know. He's trying to just watch me do stand up and being a supportive dad." And I said, "Oh, I was hoping to meet him." And she goes, "I will introduce him to you, but I will not introduce him to her." And I was like, "Fair enough." Fair enough. And don't, don't rock the boat. And so I got to meet Walter Koenig and I was, and I've met him like two or three other times now. That's right. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I've met him a few times too, Jackie. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, saw him at the Star Trek convention this past August. You? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. the first time I met him, I tried not to be creepy as well. <laughs> and so I just stuck my hand out and, and I said, oh, I really appreciate your work. And, uh, and then I did an eye slide because <laughs> that's, that's a classic because he did an eye because he couldn't that's do it. Hollywood. Like, well, he couldn't. We weren't going to be friends, right? <laughs> so I just wanted to, it was just neat to meet him, right? Yeah. Like I met Matt Damon a couple of weeks ago Ooh. and he came up and he said, he's, he's very polite and he goes, you were very funny. That was, a, that was a good set. And I said, well, this is neat. Oh uh, my God. Cause I am 107. You, okay. Yeah. You have social malfunction too when you're nervous. I, oh, yeah. I mean, the less creepy you try to be, I, I, I yeah. find I'm more yeah. creepy, like saying like almost it's condo- not great. like condoning pedophilia. Apparently. Right. <laughs> not one of thumbs up. No, two. Right. Let us, let us tell the people that you're going, you, so people should go to Star Trek continues.com. Mm-hmm. They should uh, go to Kipley.com for all, all of their Kipley needs and at Kipley Brown for a, for a running commentary of how it's going. Let's just be honest Twitter. about my Twitter personality. Um, it, it terrifies me, and I'm very bad at it. And by the time I think of something good, the event has passed. So I have 39 tweets. Okay. So don't. I'm a. I'm a. So if you just want to check in, 
It's good because you're not, you're not, they're not going to flood you. Events, and then when I do have brilliant, brilliant Something observations, to... oh, then it's they, the they hammer will be comes blown down. over, and it will be worth the wait. Um, yeah, and it, and if people want to check out, yesterday was a lie. It, it's, it's it's on it's Netflix. A, yeah, Do it. and it's uh, James Kerwin directed it, and he also directed the episode of uh, Star Trek Continues. Oh, awesome! That I was oh, that's in. cool. And the next one, which I'm going to be in as well. Excellent. And uh, and we're working on, believe it or not, you were talking about Metropolis. Yeah. Um, there's a play written in 1919 called R U R. Okay. And it was the inspiration for Metropolis and Blade Runner. It's about future with artificial people and right, right. we are in uh, we're pretty, getting ready to make a feature of it and we did a short teaser film of it called are you our genesis which you can find if you go to are you our genesis dot com or no and i'm sorry it's our scratch that folks are you our film oh there you go oh it's not Oh, so no Genesis. It's just rurfilm.com. Right. Cause it's the main, yeah. And so that's fun. It's a, it's a Barbarella-esque style, fun, futuristic sixties shoot 'em up. And I get to fire a laser gun and it's so, and I ride on a Vespa or drive a Vespa. And like, oh my God. Yeah. Your life is amazing. And can we plug Top Story Weekly Sundays yep. at eight o'clock at the IO West in Hollywood? That's it. Los Angelinos dash off because it is super fun. And Jackie was our guest a couple of weeks ago. Right. And they always it. have one stand-up comic. Kimberly Brown, thank you very much for oh, being on the so door for us. This was awesome. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?